Hey there, Mark. Hey, Johnny. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. How about yourself? Uh, I got in a little bit of trouble today. Talk to me about it, buddy. All right, so they put me... Um, listeners, if you're keeping up with my meteoric rise, um, I went from being the produce manager to the bakery manager, almost dying in the freezer. But now I've assumed a new role, John. Okay. I'm in charge of the, uh, uh, I guess you call it like, not morality, but like morale board. I, it's my job to make these fuckers happy, right? Okay. And they said, you think you can do it, you do it. And I thought like, it'd be cool to do like, remember like in high school, like the superlatives? Classiest, like most likely to succeed and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I was like best actor or something like that. Yeah. I got, I want to say I got most dramatic. I don't know. But like, point is. I thought it'd be fun to do that for the store, right? Like, who's the most dramatic? Who's the loudest? Who's the most likely to succeed? And everything was fine until, um, to come to find out the uh, worst dressed one. Yeah, they're just really fucking poor. So I had to go into the office. (laughs) Damn inflation. (laughs) Damn inflation. (laughs) Damn inflation. I I don't know. I tell you what, Johnny, it, uh, had to go to the office and talk to that one. Hmm. But that you did. But you know what isn't really badly dressed? Ninety hmm. percent of the time. Well, except for right now. Uh, would it be the Dangle Podcast, Mark? It would be the Dangle Podcast. Uh, we have a very special listeners, listeners, listeners. Oh my God! I hope that you are ready for just the most insane balls of the wall like series of me and Johnny recording live in the think hole. Because I'm here in the house high hammock studio with my good buddy Johnny. That's right. For this episode of the Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill and talk about its good parts and its bad parts and its high spots and its low spots, and we see if it is the worst dressed one or no. That kid is poor, but I lost a puppy somewhere and now it's a dog, so we're going to figure it out. And Johnny, let's get into it, buddy. With those deep cuts, I think we have to. Otherwise, people are just going to think we're spouting random nonsense, Mark. Uh, today we're going to start with episode 91, What Makes Bobby Run? Uh, original air date, December 10th, 2000. Uh, written by Alex Gregory and Peter Hyuk. We are 10 months and one day from 9-11. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> also, Peter Hyuk. <laughs> Good old Hyuk. Uh, our cast of characters for What Makes Bobby Run? We have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill. Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble. Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve. Con and Connie Supanusimpone, Eugene Grandy, Keegan Evans, and the debut of Dub Taylor. Is it uh, Daffy Dub? Rub-a-dub-dub? Dub? I don't know, Mark. What do, you th- what, do you th- what do you think? I don't know. Does he have more than two nicknames? Uh, maybe those were just the only two. <laughs> um, this is the only time we see Dub, right? I think it is the only time we see Dub Taylor. Thank Because he drove all the way from Tallahassee for this. Okay, note time. Anyway, give us a synopsis. I'm going to look something up, buddy. Yep. Synopsis here. A Bobby tries out to become the Landry Longhorn, but finds out that time-honored traditions can be painful. Okay, I like that. Sadly, I, I have to imagine that a lot of these time-honored traditions like this in Texas specifically are probably still happening, despite the fact that hazing is very not cool anymore. It is. It's fine. Haze them. Like, it's just a thing that happens. But I mean, beating a small child that's in middle school is not funny, Mark. Okay. Yes, it is, number one. Number two, <laughs> if he's fat, it's even funnier. Number three, if he's in a Longhorns costume, hilarious. But, but, these are all band kids. By and large, band kids are not pert. I, I guess. That's a pretty sweeping proclamation there, buddy. I was in band, and I weighed 160 pounds. So. <laughs> okay, you get to make that call. I was also the mascot in high school, so come at me, bro. <laughs> um, well, Mark, are you ready for notes? Uh, did we get a cast list? No, we did get a cast list. We did list. get a yeah. cast list, yep. Let's do her, buddy. Um, so notes here. Right off early in the episode, I, I made note of Hank's yearbook photo with the guys. Yeah. And it's interesting to see they're all wearing sunglasses. This is supposed to be them in middle school. They're all adults. And they're very clearly like, yeah, it's adult models. You know, middle school, you're supposed to look drastically different. You look at me in middle school, it's I'm you're not going to be able to tell I was the same kid. Oh, yeah. Shit, you could barely tell from the last 10 years who I am. Yeah, you're a soft boy back then. Like, I was tapioca pudding back yeah. then. That's how soft I was. I was mush. You could beat me. You could throw me in the hole. And it didn't break me, but... 
Oh, I did. I was a, I was a sophomore kid. I like to think I was a Bobby Hill kind of kid in middle school. I remember once getting a, a really good note. We were doing a production of um, uh, it was Guys and Dolls when I was in like the sixth grade. And I played this guy, Nicely Nicely Johnson, and he sings with this stupid high falsetto, and I, my balls hadn't dropped yet, so <laughs> so made you sense. could crush it. And I, I, oh, I totally, I knocked out of the park. And I remember getting a note from one of the uh, like uh, adults that was helping direct it and all this other stuff, like, wow, that was a really good choice. Who told you to do that? And I said, I don't know, I just did it. I had stuffed a big shirt in my oversized button-up, so it looked like I had this big old gut. <laughs> I was totally <laughs> propping it up, man. I was Bobby Hill. <laughs> hey, they liked it, and it got me stuck with it, so. Precious. Now I don't have to stuff a shirt in here. I don't think I could. <laughs> Listeners, come find us after our meat challenge following the recording of this episode. Oh, God. It's the last thing I want to stuff in me meat Giggity? question mark more uh, no, notes sorry notes stuff um, some more notes into me daddy mark john ritter is back john ritter is back this is john ritter as eugene grandy yeah yeah he's the chorus teacher yeah yeah i love john ritter um he's so okay was he he was so he, pff, try that again Last time we saw him was in The Sun That Got Away, yeah? Yeah, I believe so. That's his, definitely his most memorable role for me. Yeah. And then after that, it becomes David Herman? I think we figured out? Uh, I think if we Maybe. see Grandy again, it probably would, because I think this is John Ritter's last episode before he died. Um, no, but, there's no way. He died in, like, 2008. Did he die? No, he wasn't. wasn't. Look it up. He was on Scrubs. He was on Scrubs right. and JD gave a talk about heart murmurs and he goes, heart murmurs? I love those things. And it was this weird like casting into the future because he, he died of a heart attack. But does he do it with a, a sock puppet? It's a heart murmur. <laughs> Sorry guys, I, I'm projecting way too far into the future for King of the Hill for you. <laughs> I think that was too deep for me. <laughs> wow, Johnny. Well, so much meat and notes in your holes that you got too deep for me, buddy. Next time you get your name tattooed, or my name tattooed on the back of your head and want to get it removed. Oh, there, there you go. There it is. There it is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. More notes, Johnny. Uh, so yeah, John Ritter's back. Um, Mark, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, we all know that um, Springfield has got its Shelbyville. We know that um, Pawtucket... Rhode Island has got its whatever the hell it the is. The people from New York. Yeah, the weird, yeah, the leaf peepers, right? <laughs> the guidos, yeah. Yeah, the guidos. Um, we know that the Langley's got its own people and all this stuff. In Arlen, who mm-hmm. is their foil? Is it McManerberry? Is it Belton? Is it Durndal? I think... We're starting to get to see all of these cool, like, we're, tangential towns We're getting, Texas. like, Heimlich County geography. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I want to say a little bit here in the future, There's Hank has a line of, what is it, Hank's backstory, I want to say? Okay. And Peggy tricks Hank with something, and she goes, it's a propane emergency in McManerberry. And Hank has a line, McManerberry, when will they learn? Yeah. Um, there's the rotating restaurant that was a restaurant and then became a sporting goods store in McManerberry. Yep. Um, I don't think we've seen Durndal or Belton yet, right? We'll see Belton in this episode. Well, yeah, but, but up until this moment, like... I don't like, think so. I don't think we have... But this is what episode ninety one you said, so it's it's been a minute. I don't know. It's it's also been a while. Ninety one episodes, guys. Our our catalog of information just can't be complete in our brains. Um, the uh, Bobby Pee Wee football episode has got a bunch of different competing towns. Yeah, but I don't know if we specifically see Belton or Durndal in there. I know we see McMainerberry though. I'm trying to like remember back to uh, three coaches and a Bobby. Yeah, but I just. I kind of blocked that episode from my brain, so I don't know. And the uh, episode with David Kalaikialii has definitely got McMainerberry in it. Yes, it does. Because you get Terry Bradshaw going, McMainerberry! McMainerberry, I did find out in this episode, however, uh, the last note I've got is that the McMainerberry mascot is the Javelina, Mm -hmm. Mark. Yes, it is. Uh, What is a Javelina? It's a little pig. It's a little pig. It is the only, if I recall correctly, the only endemic pig. To the North Americas. I Every other so. pig was brought over by the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And it's this is not one of those, like, typical Texas boars that you would go out and get a hunting license for. Like, it's not a big wild pig. Yeah, it's this little tiny guy. Yeah, they're kind of cute. Yeah. Guys, go look up Javelinas. They're precious. It's an interesting mascot for sure, but it's it very makes, Texas. It makes sense. Yeah, it's a very Texas mascot. Yeah. Well, so we got the, the Landry Longhorns, the McMainerberry Javelinas, the... Uh, Bolton Armadillo. Belton. Belton. Did I say Bolton? You said Michael Bolton. Talentless ass clown. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the, the, the Felton Armadillos. Yeah. Yeah. I can't... I'm really excited for that racist episode with the Irish guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, no, so give me some of your notes, buddy. Some of my notes. Here we go. Um, Johnny, fuck, another high school sports episode. Okay, that's all I'm going to talk about. I don't buy Bobby's fear of the anybody because they're all band kids. Now, granted, Bobby is not a physical specimen in and of itself, but... I just don't get it. I don't know. I they're band kids. I mean, Come yeah, on. but it's twenty band kids. Even twenty band kids are gonna like somehow what find a way to get the shit out of you. What could you more feasibly beat the shit out of? Twenty band kids or two football players? Uh, football players have the pads, but band two kids duck sized like, football players or twenty human sized band kids. They've got instruments they can wail on you with. No, they won't. Do you know how expensive a fucking tube is? They can, but they won't. They won't because they're nerds. <laughs> um, okay, so we just watched and Peggy makes the big leagues. McManerberry is basically a joke. Mm-hmm. Now, in this episode, McManerberry Middle School is somehow like this weird daunting presence. Yeah. WTF. I don't know. Whatever. And finally, one glaring note for all of this. Where's Joseph? Oh, yeah. That's... It, I feel like this is something that's going to plague us for a while. Is we have these random characters that have been established of this is them, this is what they do, and this is what they do well. And yet they're going to be mysteriously missing. Um... But default, Joseph should be on the football team. He's their He's a quarterback. Back. Quarterback? Is He's he? a quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, he was he was in when in uh, three coaches and a bobby. Yeah. I mean we're gonna see him later on too. I just it's weird that he's not here. Yeah. I don't know. Enough of that. Hey, I wanna kick into our new like burgeoning segment here. And we're gonna call it soundtracks. Okay. Um we talk a lot about like the music playing in the background and shit. I think we gotta start calling it out. Um Yeah. So just starting with that. The one that stood out to me was uh, Bust to Move by Young MC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Bobby's audition piece. It's fun to hear licensed music and be able to call it out. Like, there's some really fun ones that are coming up here. I think we hear some Moody Blues in a couple episodes. Yep. And, oh, God. Yeah, the season finale's got a bunch of No Doubt. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) And how much you love ska music and how much you even more love Gwen Stefani. I don't have a problem with Gwen Stefani. I just... She did Milkshake, right? No, that's Kellis. Well, fuck me. Yeah, I know it was Gwen Stefani, wasn't it? No, she did This Shit is Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-N-S? Yep. All right, uh, listeners, <laughs> I will give $50 to whoever goes and poops, throws a fish at Gwen Stefani's house. <laughs> Instagram yourself doing it. Hey. I've also decided that's our form of violence. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Just throw a frozen fish in a house. Hey, I don't like that. I know. That's why we're doing it. We're taking back the power for you, good buddy. <laughs> taking it back. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, anyway, talk to me about some pros, John. Um, oh, you already nailed it in our uh, in our cold open, bud. Last year's poorest dress was just really poor. <laughs> it's not funny. No, no, it's not. Um, I miss Con Mark. Like I liked seeing him in this. I'm realize I'm realizing that he's just not as big in these early seasons, and it's nice when I do see him because he's very peppered in. Yeah, he is. we go like big swaths without seeing Khan. You be... might get one really big Khan episode a season. It feels like. But Flush with Power was the last one, right? And even that, he wasn't that big. But yeah, that's probably the biggest one he's been in like a season. Um, I love that Dale's monkey shines are pretty universal. Yeah. 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 Um. Why am I forgetting his fucking monkey shines? Uh, the bill or stealing Bill's phone, calling Bobby, abandoning Bobby. Yes, yeah. yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it's it doesn't have to be Dale hanging out with the guys or just Hank or even just Bill. Dale will go out and hang out with Bobby and get Bobby in trouble. Like I think it's fantastic. We talk a lot about Dale, yes, ending himself into mayhem. Yes, and I love it. Like yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love the the aspect of the Trojan horse in this episode. I think it's a fun, like, silly, smart thing to do. Um, it's it's a very Bobby solution. Yeah. Um, I it, and they get it down to like these little details to where they know some asshole would be watching, and be like, "Well, why this would have happened?" Like him jumping out after having sat in that that uh, garbage can. Yeah. Or we rolling garbage dumpster, whatever the hell it is, for like hours, and him going, "Oh God, feet's asleep, foot's asleep." like the little things but it it's a good it's a good episode it's pretty fun i i enjoyed it how about you what are your notes buddy what are your pros oh some pros here we go i love uh grandy getting horned up during bobby's audition 
I think it, yeah. it's a cute moment. Like, um, cause there's the one coach sitting next to him who is literally ignoring all the action going on versus Grandy. Like Bobby gets him up on the table and they're dancing. I think that's precious. Um, also con against Grandy. It bought me a new pewter baton. <laughs> that thing's going to be heavy as shit. Yeah. Like a full pewter baton and the, like the girth that he has on that thing. It's not like a little like switch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bobby's like back spearing Bill in the Longhorn. God, that's funny. I forgot about that gag, and that's a good little sight gag. Um, and finally, um, in the very beginning, Bobby sneezes and drops a bunch of pictures on the desk that he wants Connie to put in the yearbook. And there's <laughs> yeah. just one of him in a cowboy hat. I I love it. It's precious. Little cowboy he's got Bobby. like like an eyebrow up. Yeah, he's doing and... like the John Wayne. Like... Oh, it's classic Bobby. <laughs> How about cons? Um, I kind of mentioned one already here. I think beating on children is archaic, and the fact that 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 sort of hazing and shit probably still exists does not make me, uh, happy. Okay. But the world is not designed to make me happy, I guess, so I'll I'll get over it. Suffer into existence, baby. He must. Um, so when Bobby has to go and relinquish the Landry Longhorn outfit to to Grandy, Uh um, I find it really interesting that he does not have any of it on when he's walking into the office. Or, or into his, like, room or whatever the hell it is. And then he walks in and has this whole conversation, but has the hat on. He has the Longhorn hat on. Like, why would you do that? It just seems weird and inconsistent to me. I think it's if you're making this last-ditch last effort, if you're praying for forgiveness, you invoke the image of your god. And in this okay. case, it is Bobby invoking the image of the Longhorn. Like, because, And I also like to think a little bit of it, too, was like, Hey, remember how great my audition was? Remember how great it was until I turned out to be a giant pussy? Well, yeah. Yeah. So then the last one I have here, it's we're, we're starting to talk about the geography of Arlen, of Heimlich County and, and things like that. Yeah. And I, there's, with Dale leaving Bobby mm-hmm. and with the kids from, is it's uh, Belton, right? Belton. That does the armadillo. With the kids from Belton coming to steal said costume and all this other stuff, I have a problem here with the timeline. Because so, how could Bobby get fucking cross county? It basically, but with four kids that are on bikes, like I don't know how close Belton is. I don't know how they can get this this thing basically with heavy ass Bobby in it all the way across it. Yeah. Like it just seems weird to me that there's no adults involved in this other than Dale. There would have to be some type of adult, like, yeah. something. Yeah. Because it's not a rival school. It, it's a rival school, but it's not a rival school, like, next door to you. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the West. one that's, like, yeah, it's exactly. It's not the one that's, like, 20 blocks away. Yeah. it's This is a whole other county, almost. Well, maybe not Belton's county, but. In Heimlich County? I think we can, uh, yeah, I think if we can we're probably doing, effectively if we're say doing, Okay, so, like, Simpsons, Simpsons is in Washington State, okay. according to Matt Groening. We all know Futurama's in New New York. Right. Um, Family Guy is set in Quahog, a fictional town in Rhode Island, but they use, like, you can see the Rhode Island skyline in the background. Yeah. The Providence skyline in the background. So I think we can name, like, Heimlich County as, like, our fictional Bermuda Triangle of activity. Okay. Nothing can come in, but things can come out. Yep. Like, we'll go to Dallas, we'll see some stuff, we'll go to San Antonio for a, a triangle opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Stuff like Eventually that. Eventually we're going to go to Mexico. We're gonna, yeah, they go to Mexico all the damn time. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just like the timeline here is a little screwy because there's eight kids and four of them are on bikes and four of them are watching an armadillo. Yeah, but then it also, you know, did we ever determine in the end of the episode are they in Belton for the game? For that game, they're in Belton. Yeah, so they're in Belton. So that would make sense as to how Bobby gets there because they brought Bobby back. Yeah, they it, brought him they with brought, him. Yeah, because yes. that's the Trojan horse deal. It's just what you're saying of like. How did they get Bobby's fat ass in the porta dumpster? What the hell are those things called? I they're just like roll off. Yeah, but they have a name. Garbage cans. I know, but they have a name, and it's driving me insane. It's. I, I wish I I could tell you, it's buddy. It's fine. It's fine. This is my brain being crazy. Don't but worry about it. She didn't even get to see your first trash day. Big bad can. Oh, that's how he got there. Yeah, because he was in can. a big bad can. <laughs> um, those are my cons, though. It's nothing super glaring. Okay. Yeah, cool. I bet you. I've got a couple. Number one, Johnny, this episode made me feel bad about myself. Oh? I want to watch Blind Kids Bowl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I didn't even organize it just to watch it happen. Um, there's no way that Bobby does not die wearing that costume. 
Right? I, How hot is that going to be? Exactly. I was a mascot for a few weeks in high school. Um, I have marched in parades wearing full mascot regalia for my college. Um, you die. Three blocks is insane. It's more than the... You just can't. You, well, just, and, you just can't. And Bobby isn't... Bobby. Unathletic. Prepubescent Bobby. So maybe he's got some of that like kid energy left, but I'm not buying it. He's got too much fruit pie power to like <laughs> still have kid energy. Yeah. So, like, there's no way that he just doesn't die wearing that costume and running everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, He's got to have pep. Yeah. Boy, Bobby's got a ton of pep. No filler in Bobby. Good on Bobby. Yeah. He's a Johnsonville sausage. I'll pep no filler. I... Right? Yeah, you're you're not uh you're not a big guy, Mark, and Bobby is rather husky. Yep. Or at least he's built to be that husky. We've seen an episode with that very title in it. Right? <laughs> um, finally, um I just how do you feel about Mr. Crackers, the armadillo? I mean I like armadillos, but I've I've never had a chance to really interact with one. Do you know why you shouldn't interact with armadillos? Why? Because they're riddled with bubonic plague. Oh. Yeah. They just have it. Okay. So don't mess with armadillos, kids. If you see one, don't touch it. Okay. Like, yeah, they're adorable. Yeah, they're precious. Also, I don't know if this is true. I know we have a ton of Texas listeners. Maybe you guys can substantiate here. I have heard that when an armadillo gets scared, it jumps up into a ball. Or it jumps up and goes into ball form. But they can clear about two feet. Okay. And so usually you can hit an armadillo in your car. The lights will scare it. It jumps up before it hits you and... Right into your goddamn grill. Wow. Is this true? Listeners, I need to know this. I've heard it. I've seen it on Reddit. I've heard tell, and I've seen armadillos jumping up all high, so I don't know. But how about some favorite moments, buddy? Oh, wait, I got a big con. I got a big con. I don't even know how I missed it. Let's hear it. Dub fucking Taylor. Oh, Dub Taylor. He's not fun, guys. Rub-a-dub-dub, dub, get out of my house. You're staying there for three days. Also, it's a nine-hour drive from Pensacola to Dallas. So we could probably call that eight and a half to Arlen. Eight and a half to ten, depending on where they are yeah. in conjunction. I mean, okay, so the very, very upper limit is ten hours. Yeah. Why is he staying there for three days? I don't know. Maybe he misses Texas. I guess. I don't know who any, why anyone would miss Texas. Because he Sorry, lives in, Texans. Because he lives in Florida. That's why. <laughs> because Texas is... Because in a fight between Texas and Florida for straight sanity... It goes to Texas 99.8% of the time. Okay. I'm just... I'm just saying. Oh, oh God. Like, you know, Johnny, you and I spent the first four, epi- or four, first four seasons of this podcast really bitching about how fucked up Texas is. Yep. I think we gotta start bitching about Florida. Yeah, Florida's pretty fucking awful. Because DeSantis is, like, insane. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's all my cons. I don't like Dub. He's obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a retro reference rage. Let's hear, and then give me your favorite moments first, because I've, I don't have any, but I do have something fun to share with the with the class. Okay. Uh, so retro reference rage is Bill and his little cell phone. Cell phones <gasps> yes. being a novelty. It's insane to me to think that a person doesn't have a cell phone right now in this day. My eighty three year old grandfather has an iPhone. Like, yeah, it's just a thing. It's what we're doing now. Um, and then in terms of favorite moments, I'm sorry, Johnny. Once again, I have question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't have a favorite moment, Dale shenanigans or whatever, but I've said before, I'm getting really sick of like Dale saving episodes. Yeah. I'm not giving to that. Um, nothing that Bobby does is really that great. I don't, I don't know. It's pretty mediocre. It's real. This whole episode is just real middle of the road for me. Um, you don't have any favorite moments or? Uh, no, I couldn't pick out any real like real moments in this episode that stick out to me okay. um other than stuff i already called out as pros but even then like they're not good enough to just call as a is a favorite moment if that makes sense but that's it it's pros it's like just stuff that, it's yeah. a pro yeah it, it it's not enough to distinguish itself um so in doing some research for this because i was curious about the geography of McMainerberry versus durndall versus belton versus arlen all that sort of stuff um in the wiki, I stumbled upon this ridiculous response. Okay. So, on August 16th of last year, so just before you and I started recording. Like, literally, yeah. Just before you like and I started recording before. this. Yep. Uh, this uh, lovely person on the internet named Akulavok. I think that's how you say it. If not, come on and fight me, bro. Um, Are you the one doing all the bad wiki entries, Akulavok? Uh, he might be. <laughs> I don't know. 
exiting uh, out cast list. He uh, he left this gem. Okay. And I, I want you to stay with me here because it is quite something. And we're gonna get like a definitely out of like the geography, right? I'm excited. Oh I'm, man, I'm, I'm looking forward. Lay it on me, buddy. So here's his response. Regrettably, you simp's can't be content being beta providers to broke slash bored slash boring slash obnoxious punched lasagnas, because like most shows. Fictional places have conflicting information to prevent people with too much free time to stalk instead of utilizing that free time to improve themselves in their lives. In 9.2, I'm assuming that's uh, season 9, episode 2, a map is shown with Arlen northwest of McMainerberry. So in another episode, the geographic locations could have been swapped. But at least in this episode, Arlen appears about halfway near the border. Also... Don't waste money on strong slash independent. Learn practical skills. Get out of debt. BMI 20 to 22. No vices. STEM degree. Cook at home. Buy as many things used as possible. So we get like... Uh, this dude's upset. Yeah. Um, he's, what's his name? What's a cool evoke. A cool evoke. Call your wife. Call your girlfriend. Call your partner. I don't call know your what therapist. It, call somebody. Tell them that you love them because you are railing at people who enjoy a television show. Yeah. I mean, part of me agrees with him, yeah. But at the same time, I can't help but feel attacked. What with now you and I have devoted, what, upwards of 200 plus hours to a fictional place in Texas? <laughs> so, you know. But, okay. I mean, we, uh, we've got too much obnoxious punched lasagna, Mark. Okay, I, what's a punch lasagna? That one's over my head. I have no idea. I thought he was being gross about, like, beat-up vagina or something. I, nope, I don't, like, I don't know. Is that beef curtains evolve into his punch lasagna? <laughs> beef curtains. Do you get to say that one more time and only on your birthday? <laughs> only on your birthday. All right, guys, this... Sometimes you see the most unhinged shit when you're doing research for things like this, and... To me, this is about as unhinged as I've gotten for a while. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air. I agree, get a STEM degree. I agree actually practice the trade if someone would have grabbed me by the shoulders and said get your refrigeration ticket don't be a theater major i'd probably be better off now go to the ac repair school mark go to the ac repair school um but at the same time no have your vices life is crushing to have your vices whatever that is yeah yeah well that's uh that just about does it for this episode mark um do you want me to break down our rating system for the good good uh, listeners at home lay it on me buddy so our rating system is as followed, uh, patented and not pending, because we are fantastic. Uh, yeah, I wish I could tell you more about this. <laughs> it, it goes as follows. How does one patent a rating system for a King of the Hill podcast? Fuck it, by calling it out. Anybody else uses this, you owe us a quarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our rating system is as follows. Uh, at the very bottom here, we have our F-tier F um, absolute garbage rank of an episode. It's a, called a charcoal. Uh, the charcoal episodes are not worth watching. You may see them one time on an initial watch through, but you probably won't even pay attention that much, even if it's an episode you've never seen before. They're terrible. After that, you got your megalo episodes. Megalos are not much better than a charcoal. They've they've got a couple of um, maybe memorable moments or like a fun character. That's kind of all it is. It's really the bronze medal of King of the Hill episodes. After that is Butane, and Butane episodes are bastards. Uh, you love to hate them, you hate to love them. They're kind of middle-of-the-road episodes. There's some good stuff in there, and it's usually pretty watchable, but at the same time, you're just like, eh, I could listen to this just as good and just, like, hang out on my phone most of the time. After that, you get into our really good episodes. A Char King is an episode that we consider our gold standard. A Char King episode has got everything you love about King of the Hill. You. you said charcoal, didn't you? Or did you say char king? I, I think I just broke your brain. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> char king. So a charcoal char king episode is one that uh, you love to see in King of the Hill. It's got everything you want in an episode of King of the Hill. It's got fun characters. It's got a ridiculous story. You get to to usually see Dale acting like a dumbass or Khan being really cool for no reason or I don't know Hank talking about propane. Uh, <laughs> The Charking episode uh, is the kind of episode you never skip on a watch of King of the Hill. The only thing that makes it better is a blue flame of valor, and these episodes are the absolute perfect episodes of TV. They show you everything you have and got in a Charking, but you don't need any context, so you can take a random stranger off the street and say, hey, come watch this show with me. You're going to love it, I promise. And without any context, without knowing any of the characters, they're going to fall in love with King of the Hill. 
So, uh, Mark, that's our rating system. What do you want to give What Makes Bobby Run? I gotta look because I was so upset about it. Um, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, I am giving What Makes Bobby Run a megalo. Literally nothing stands out about this episode. It has its moments, but I don't <clears> care. I could do without it. I don't know. I'm sick of seeing middle school sports. I'm sick of seeing sports. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I Shy of being overly negative, because whatever, they can't all be beer can named Desires. Yeah? I just, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's a Megalo. Okay. Uh, it's a Megalo that I'll rewatch. Okay. It's, but it's not good enough to be a Butane. And it's definitely not a Megalotane. Okay. Because we're getting liberal with our cuteness. How about yeah. you, buddy? Uh, I give it a butane. Okay. So not much better than you. Uh, it's a solid episode, I guess. Um, if, if you're into that, if you did sports in middle school, you may relate to it a little bit more. If you did sports in middle school in Texas, you may relate to it a little bit more. Um, uh, it's very middle of the road to me. It's weird to think that like some of my shining moments in, in this come from characters that are not the focal point. You know, I like seeing Grandy being weird. Yeah. I like seeing Dale being weird. Yeah. And the episode's not about either of them. It's about Bobby. Mm-hmm. And for an episode that's very Bobby heavy, this is very mediocre. Yeah. And also, this isn't like our Bobby's good at something episode. This is almost no. like Bobby has to be like forced to do a thing he thought he wanted to do episode. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, enough of this one. Let's put it back in the dumpster. Put it back in the big bad can. Big bad can. All right, so we're moving on to episode 92, Mark. Twas the Nut Before Christmas. Original air date, December 17th, 2000. Written by Altshuler and Krensky. Uh, seen a lot of good stuff from them. Yeah. Uh, we have a cast of characters that includes Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con and Connie Supernoose and Pone, Wally, Marilyn, Sam, Emma, the Arlen Midget, Poster Worker, and Postal Worker, excuse me, and Unnamed Woman Cameo. I'm not sure who that is. I have no idea. But uh, big, big cast of characters here. Uh, we do have a, a celebrity voice. You want me to call it out now, Mark? Yeah, you might just will. So the voice of Wally, uh, Bill's uh, somewhat of a bastard, somewhat kind of adopted son, is Ryan Felipe. Felipe. Philippi. Philippi. Do you know who Ryan Philippi is? Uh, nope. You'll watch American Dad, yeah? I do. There's an episode when Klaus is being weird because he's a fish and demands a... He, he's crying because he wants a haircut, right? Mm. And Haley goes, I can cut your hair for you. How do you want it? And Klaus goes, make me look like Ryan Philippi. And she goes, I don't really know what that looks like. And he, like, pulls out a bunch of pictures of oh, Ryan Philippi. That's Ryan Philippi. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to imagine, I think he was like a, a, kind of like one of those teenage heartthrob type people in early 2000s. Yeah, I don't think we've seen literally anything out of him in the last 20 years. We're going to, you're going to go on an IMDb trip with us, guys. Well, while you're doing that, Mark, I'm going to give uh, everybody a synopsis. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill becomes everyone's favorite Santa, but when he takes it too far, he adopts a wayward young adult who takes advantage of his good nature. Basically, this is a, a pantload Bill Christmas episode that gets pretty pantloady at the end. Is this our Pantlodius Bill episode? Uh, I, mm, it's the hardest one to watch because there's no real good resolution to it. Like, you don't get any really cool point of clarity like you do with pretty, pretty dresses. Yeah. He's in some stuff. He's a bit actor. Is he? The last thing you would, you, any one of you listeners probably would have seen him in is the, the circle. He played Victor, apparently. Victor. He was in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 he's uh, Boyle. Milton. Yeah, he's Boyle's, like, cousin that Gina's into. Okay. Shit, that's how I know him. Yeah, he is, like, weird handsome. Apparently, he's the uh, title character in Shooter. Like, not the Mark Wahlberg movie, but the weird TV series they put out after it. He's he's, um, Bobbly Swagger. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Bobbly? Uh, he's also been on Saturday Night Live one time in 2022. Is he a wobbly bobbly? <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I don't know. Okay, we got our synopsis, <laughs> our A story characters, Bill, Wally, and Hank. Uh, I don't really have a B story here. It's all pretty much one story through and through. No, there's a B plot. It's okay, okay, okay. A couple weeks ago, we got to go way back when. 
I thought you were going to sneeze. Nope. Um, you got to go way back. We talked about how in season five, about midway through, a bunch of riders jump ship. Yeah. And obviously not without Schuler and Krinsky because they're some of our veterans. Yeah. But another major through line was the like maturing and growing of bit. Ba- oh God, Bobby, Connie, and Joseph. And we've already seen like Joseph is a grown ass man now. Yep. Bobby's still late blooming. Connie has experienced the joys of Nagel absorbency. But this one, they really, really harp on, I'm not, I'm a 12 or whatever the hell, and I'm an adult, damn it. And that's why Bobby goes and drinks beer okay. while he provides this, like, avenue for it. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know if Bobby's railing against Tank for maturity sake is a, th- th- is a, is a storyline or not, but... Also, listeners, there's a middle school baseball game literally 100 feet from my house, so you might hear kids hitting, like, high spots and or parents losing their shit over middle school baseball. As if we haven't talked about how much we hate middle school sports already. Ugh. Go, kids. Quick, blow your shoulders out now. Uh, Con. So, let's see here. Mark, you want to get into notes first? You want me to? I got a ton of notes if you don't mind. No, go for it, man. Number one. Yes, post, yes, post office worker. Yes, he really is off. Um, I can't tell if Bill is cute or creepy in this episode. It starts out very cute, and you know it's Bill. It's kind of genuine, right? Is he being wholesome or just gross? He's genuine. It just he does it too long because he seems like it's like this is the only thing that's bringing me happiness anymore, okay. and that's when he turns into pant load. Okay. Yeah, I because it is cute at first. He is very good at it. He's very good. Yeah, and he's got the biggest heart out of anybody on the alley. Like he'd be a perfect Santa Claus. That's because but... of ulterior ulterior. Arterial sclerosis. Yes. That's why he has the biggest heart in the episode. Or in the, oh, on the block. Oh, oh, oh. oh David Herman. Um, Bless you, David Herman. Do you think that Hank likes WWE? They he, talk about it. They're going to, like, watch it. He watches it enough to know what a chair shot is. Yeah. And that is not just common knowledge. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's a thing that he's into. I think... That he, I mean, obviously it's it's not the Cowboys. No. It's not the Rangers. Right. Um, what other sports is he? It's not Funny Cars or NASCAR. Yeah. But. There's a lot of. He would rather watch that than National Soccer. Yeah. There's a lot of really solid wrestlers, especially right now in the 90s thousands that came out of Texas. Shawn Michaels. Um, that's the only one I can think of offhand because I totally missed everything I was going to say. Yeah? I mean, Eddie Guerrero, they built him out of El Paso. You can't think of the guy who stomps mud holes in you? No, who's that? The biggest Texan God, wrestler of all fucking head. time? I've got a broken skull. From Victoria? Stone Cold Steve Austin says, I'm whipping your ass. Point is, there's a shitload of Texas wrestlers. Yes, there is. Especially this time. This, this is like the glory days for wrestlers out of Texas. Stone Cold, please come. Please have us on your podcast. That's what I want. I want, to be on, I want to be on your podcast. I don't wrestle, but... I'll talk Texas with you. I wrestle. I'll wrestle you stone cold. Please. I haven't wrestled in 10 years. I bet my bones are about as dusty and green as yours. Let's go, baby. Shit, you want to give me a bump? I'll bump. I'll take a bump from fucking stone cold. Sorry, guys. We got a little sidetracked here. Mark and I are big wrestling nuts. If we haven't already brought that up. Go back and listen to the two wizards three-way that me and Johnny and Josh did. Yeah, either that or we can watch, you can listen to the episode Mark and I did about wrestling. Uh, Bobby Slam? Bobby Slam. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Um, anyway, I, I am very disappointed. This should be a con, but it's not a con. Because maybe it was in an animation bit that got dropped. I don't know. We have the first appearance of what might be my favorite character, Tangentially. Oh, I have his name here in bold. Who is it? Octavio! Viva La Bamba, Octavio! <laughs> no scratcho. But Guys, he's... Octavio makes his first official, like... It's they the first time it. they've mentioned him. Yeah. The, if nothing else, like, this is like a five-act Victorian play when we mention that the rich V-Con is, like, now in the palace. And we mention him in Act 2. Well, he's going to be here in Act 4, guys. Don't worry. Now, Mark, have, now that we have officially brought in Octavio here, yes. we're eventually going to see him. Yes. Do we want to wait until that point to tell people about his character design and who is supposed to voice him versus who actually voices him? 
We should probably do that now because I don't think we talked about that in the Gun Club episode. I don't think we did. <laughs> so Octavio is based off of a very famous Latino actor. Mark? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Now, he is not voiced by Danny Trejo. A fact that I was shocked to learn because I thought it was. It, it, well, and it, it, there's another layer to this even because Danny Trejo does a recurring voice on King of the Hill and it's not Octavio. Who is it, buddy? It's Enrique. He is the voice of Enrique. That's so nuts to me. That's that's insane. Okay, but now blow my mind further. Who is Octavio, Johnny? Uh, okay, so yeah, Octavio is in fact voiced by the creator of King of the Hill, Mike Judge. Woo woo! Which is so weird. So weird that it's Mike Judge doing it. Yeah. I honestly... Okay. I, I Okay. I'm more... Not bothered. Bothered is the wrong word. I'm more pleasantly surprised to learn that Mike Judge does an amazing Danny Trejo. Yes. Like, that shit's fucking wild. And I've listened to a lot of Mike Judge's voice, and I still, it's like, okay, I could I might have been able to guess that if you gave me a long time to guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good on you, man. I mean, we don't see him now, so I guess Con that he's not actually there, but... No, we will. His, he officially shows up in Now Who's the Dummy. That's his first official credited appearance. That's like two weeks from now, I think? It's coming up. One or two, It's yeah. coming up. But our first mention of Octavio and his infamy... Is in this Arriba La Bamba? He is he is the absolute like Robin to Dale's Batman. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, they just and they make each other so much better. It's also weird that we're in season five and we're getting Octavio now. I thought he showed up a long time ago, but yeah, it's not. Um, also, we have another reoccurrence of a character, my favorite character. Oh, and I'm not going to sell him short for this one. The Arlen Midget. That's what he <laughs> likes to be called, folks. It's little people, Mark. That's what them people like to be called. I can't do a good buck. Um, I'm getting really sick of very special episodes. God damn, I'm getting very <sighs> sick of very special episodes. Whatever. Uh, 40, a 40 for a buck is an amazing deal. Yeah. Thanks, inflation. Now you can't get a fucking 40 a Colt 45 for less than five bucks. I, I'm trying to think of... I wonder. I wonder how expensive a 40 was in 2000. I bet it was a buck. It might have been a buck. Yeah. I don't think they tax beer in Texas either, right? Not like Colorado does. We're like, I know that you can buy a 30 rack of PBR in Illinois for eight bucks. Wow. And you can get one here for 20 because of all the beer tax. Right. Yeah. Right. We can talk about this later, but I'll just drop it now. I think this is a better Christmas episode than Pretty Pretty Dresses. And I like the ending better in this one too. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. That's fine. Yeah. 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 And finally, uh, there is a scene that I wish I got to see. And it's when Peggy talks about flipping flipping hungover Bobby out of his bed. <laughs> I, Peggy's a bruiser. We know it. She's fully healed from the plane crash. Like, she ate her sensu bean. She's good to go. She's down to clown. Sensu I want to bean. see her grabbing the mattress. And he's like, oh, yeah, and flipping Bobby out of his bed. Notes, buddy. I've been talking for a long time. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, I have written here first thing. Bill, Christmas episodes are rough. Yep. Doesn't matter which, which one it is. They are all fucking rough. Um, we already mentioned Hank Nike's wrestling enough to know about a chair shot. Yeah. Uh, cause they're talking about a very specific person getting hit in the head. Um, I don't Dennis remember. Rodman. Yeah. Dennis Rodman guest refereeing and that Even might that, be retro ridge right there. No, because, that happened though. What did, but Dennis who the hell Rodman was, was a big player. Like who knows who Dennis Rodman is though. That's what we I'm still saying. Know. He was going to negotiate. North Korean peace under Trump. Oh, we, shit. We yep. member Rodman. Like, and, 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 Save the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary just He's had in it. that. It's not called Save the Last Dance. It's when I call it to piss off my lady, but still. <laughs> we we know Dennis Rodman. He's like a weird cultural icon. But, yep. to your point, I don't know if listeners who are, like, even if you are or not into wrestling, whatever, like, especially if you are, do you guys remember Dennis Rodman being a guest ref? And, or, like, kind of heavy for a while there in WWE. Nah. I'd rather have Ken Shamrock back, but that's me. <laughs> um, I have, like I said already, big big letters here. Octavio. Octavio. Um, if I ever hit Bill levels of pathetic, please just commit me, Mark. Like, he gets really pant-loady at the end of this. He runs away of a very nice woman and potentially two kids he could have that he would spoil the ever-loving shit out of and be the most loving person to. He could just figure his shit out. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's so hard to watch. It is very tough to watch. Like, but, but again, man, I don't know if this one is worse or like a, the Ijuana pissing on his shoulder, you know, like 
Yeah. Because we all know that Ijuana is a cry for help. <laughs> Ijuana. <laughs> um, and then I have here also in big letters, Mark, that we have Dale to thank for our very stupid fan theories. Okay. Because Dale makes a comment to Bill, Hank, and Boomhauer in the alley that Hank wants another kid, but his urethra is too small, and Bill doesn't have any kids. Bill should inseminate Peggy. Yep. And then Hank just hits him and goes, it didn't hurt. Dale's our reason, man. Dale's the one that's like incepting this stupid idea into people's minds. Yeah. I hate it. So now we have our patient zero of this stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, let's get to pros. All right. Well, first pro of the episode. I've already got my rating. It's a charcoal because we figured out where that stupid fan theory comes from. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What do you got, dude? Uh, so I love the dark humor of Dale killing a puppy and I really shouldn't. <laughs> That's funny. That's like, really funny. I really shouldn't be. <laughs> I shouldn't like it. It shouldn't be funny, but it is. So yeah, the line is I bought Joseph or I hid, I hid Joseph's present too well last year. Cutest little puppy. Or should I say dog? So great. And it's like, oh, God, Dale, no. No, no, no. Um, Bill has got game. We've mentioned it already. At this point, I think his tally's up to, like, four or five. At least he, like, got both of them in the Dixie Chicks. We know um, he got he nailed two out of three Dixie Chicks. Pretty like, sure he took down Leanne. Yeah? Yeah. So it's like, okay, Bill has game, and he's not just, like, he's not just a hound for it. He was very much, like, looking forward to a home-cooked meal from this woman. Um, and that's a pro. Bill it just, views sex as, like, the reward, tan- not reward, but, like, the ultimate, it's 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 tangential. Where Boomhauer is only out to get laid, Bill's like, whoa, shit, you're gonna make me food? Yeah. Oh, God, am I Bill? Maybe. Oh. Eh, if you're Bill in that respect, it's not so bad, buddy. I reckon. Because you're also not a pant load. You're charming, you're not a pant load, just like Bill. Um... <laughs> And then I love his jumping animation. Like, I just, I love the little scene of him jumping up and down in his stupid bounce house. Like, he's got his arms flailing around. He's so happy. He's just a giant kid. I love little bits of animation like that. You you and I have called it out before in this podcast when they humanize these characters and give them human human, human attributes. Like, it makes it that much more interesting. Yeah. And that's a very big moment for this, I think. Agreed. Uh, Those are my pros, man. Okay, um, Beard of Tape is hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love that every damn time. Um, hey, Johnny, what am I holding in my hand? A beer. I like beer! Yes. I, I really, really like the kids in the... Maybe this is my favorite moment of them in the bounce house and like they're like, look at all the stars! And... <laughs> I, I find it very sweet that Bobby and Connie are talking about their future. That's Connie what I mean. Girl. It's such a... Yeah. His whole just like, kind of girl, we're going to do this every night. Also, if I had a house, I'm pretty sure I would just like get a bounce house and have it ready to go at any given second. Right? Just retrofit one of your rooms. Oh, I was thinking outside, but shit. Yeah, sky's the limit, I guess, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> shit, at the rate we're having to buy a house at right now, you may as well do whatever the hell you want with it. Woo-woo! <laughs> um... Yeah, I think it's about it for my favorite or for my pros. Okay. I don't know. I I mean to Bill, I guess. But I feel like this episode gets really tedious too, and I guess we can talk about that now with our cons. Yeah. Well, tell me about it, man. So really, I only took two cons down because I don't like just sitting here bitching. No, so I I, I just want to point out, you and I actually do like this show, and I know oh, God, I get yeah. especially lately. We've been getting really shitty, what with like perils of polling. You get real horned up for fucking George Bush. Like, yeah. Wait, so we're, we're not, angry boys lately. And we're I'm, not shitty at the show, though. That's true. I just want to point out, we, we're we happy people with good feelings most of the time. Hey, Well, human, crippling depression most of the time on my end, but whatever. Humans have more than two uh, emotional settings, Mark. I, I, I learned this uh, in my master's program. We have an entire spectrum of emotion. Yeah, I think it's been like three weeks since you ma- mentioned your master's program. It's a, Wow, that's a record. <laughs> You used to call it out all the time. All the time. Okay, I just didn't want you to think Hey, everybody, I just want y'all to know I'm in a master's program. I'm getting smarter. And I'm getting harder. For Luann. <laughs> That's totally staying in, too. Oh, you damn right. Um, anyway, cons. It's a day line. They start Christmas earlier and earlier. Listeners, you will know that I work in a grocery store. And goddammit, if... 
All right. So Christmas this last year started November the 2nd. They gave us a whole 16-hour period between Halloween and November the 1st before we had to start ripping shit down and putting up Christmas stuff. Yep. We got Christmas trees before Thanksgiving. Ugh. I hate it. I hate America's need to jump the gun on fucking everything. Anyway, that is a glaring con because it bummed me out. But also, again, um, Wally's a piece of shit, whatever. He's supposed to be. It's how he's written. We need to see Bill being taken advantage of somebody who is absolutely irredeemable. But yeah. my biggest con out of all this is the belt sander. Okay. Hank has a belt sander. Bill gets a new belt sander that Wally bought for him. And then Hank manifests his belt sander's warranty card from his wallet. I yeah. get it. Hank is anal retentive. Like, I won't buy Hank. It is a Hank thing to do. No, but... no, no. Hank putting his tools in the dishwasher is a Hank thing to do. Hank having a wee <laughs> tiny thing of WD-40 in his, like, he's got the WD-40 little, on his belt, belt. And then he has a, like, action thing that he can, like, in a holster that he can also use. Yeah. Those are Hank things. Hank carrying the warranty card for a belt sander is not a Hank thing. You can look at Hank's garage and see all the goddamn tools in his garage. Does he have everything in there? If he does, his wallet is going to be, like, that big. That's why we don't know about his diminished gluteal syndrome yet, because half his ass is warranty cards. <laughs> that's it. I'm not bitching anymore about it. I just, I don't buy it at all. And okay. that's kind of, like, the it's chief, not believable. like... It's not believable, but, it, but that's also, like, the chief... Well, not anti... Not, what do you call that? The chief, like, reasoning for Hank going, Bullshit, Bill, this is my belt sander, and he just has it. Yeah. I just don't buy it. I don't know. How about you, buddy? No, they're, they're definitely valid cons. Um, one of my bigger ones here is... You already kind of addressed it, and so I don't feel like it's it should be a con for me anymore. And it's that I, I feel like the Bobby subplot kind of comes out of nowhere. They're shoehorning it, right? It, it, to me, it felt rushed because it's like, okay, you, you went from I'm not allowed to watch Christmas Smackdown because I'm not 14 to, all right, well, fine. Fuck you, Dad. I'm going to go get thrashed in a bounce house. But your explanation of the writing changes and how integral Bobby and Connie and Joseph's like maturity is in this season, like the drastic leap we take in this season from that, like it, I sh- it shouldn't be a con anymore. But I get where it could be. I under I, I agree with you that it is very shoehorned in. But. Okay. But yeah, like that was my biggest con for this episode. And then the other one I've got in here, you've also nailed like two or three times over. Wally is a fuck, dude. Yeah. Wally is just a, he's an awful human. It's not fun. Bill is a pant load. Yes, but he is, he's our pant load. So when he gets like taken advantage of, it's hard. I want to like reach into the damn screen and just go, nope. You're you're done taking advantage of Bill. Don't fucking like this. I'm fine watching. Okay, I'm fine watching someone treat Bill like shit if we know them. Yes. Um, Bill of Sales, great example. Peggy can treat uh, him like nine shit. pretty darn angry men. Great example. Yep. You've been speaking for me for twenty years. Well, yes, Bill, I have. I know mode. you. Yeah, exactly. Like in those cases, when it's people who, and I can't say love him because there's no way mm-hmm. that Peggy loves Bill. But his loved ones, for lack of a better term, like, his loved ones, we see them take not advantage of him, but they're not as good as they could. Dale. Harmonaholics Dale. absolutely brutal to Bill. Just in any... Sicking a falcon, and I know we're looking into the future here, but, like, all these little (laughs) Dale bits, and Dale, at the end of the day, loves Bill. Like, they're in the backhoe together, and not in my backhoe. Yeah. When we know this person that's picking on Bill, it's okay. And it's fine, yeah, because you have grounding in this moment. But then you get this piece of shit like Wally that just blows in, like... Man, dude, like, Wally is like... You know what this is? This is a fucking Dragon Ball Z movie. Okay. Where you have all the characters, you have all the plot points, you have to hit certain plot points, and then you bring in some stupid villain out of nowhere. That's never gonna show up again. Never shows up again. He gets, you know, Kamehameha out of there by Hank, and that's all there is to it. That's what this episode is. You're saying Wally is cooler? I was gonna say King Slug, but yeah. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yes, that's I'm done bitching. I'm sorry. No, you're good. How about favorite moments? Let's get to favorite moments. I agree. Um, Wally mocking Hank. It's the only funny thing he does. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that is good. <laughs> it's really funny. Also, super like man. You want to talk about animation hits and stuff? That's a very punchable face off of Wally. Oh God, yes. Oh, you want to beat that face? Oh. And then, of course, Drunk Bobby. Drunk Bobby is a favorite of yes. this. Which, in an episode that's very dedicated to Bill, 
it's sad that uh, the the moments in this that are favorites are not Bill. Uh, if you have Bill as a favorite moment, you might be the problem. <laughs> okay. What's, what about yours? Uh, so initially it was question mark, question mark, question mark, but I've amended it and yelling about this with you for half an hour. I really like drunk Bobby and Connie. I think they're very cute. And I like Joseph just kind of strung out in the corner there. <laughs> Looking at the stars. Yeah. I just, it makes me want to try to remember the first time I got drunk. Yeah. I want to say I was hunting and I drank like 18 beers and no one knew. Good night. Yeah, well, I hit it hard young. I was like, 18, but... Right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's rate this bad, Larry, Johnny. Uh, all right, well, hey, I gave uh, Twist the Nut Before Christmas a Buking. Solid episode. Uh, I don't think... We didn't really address this, Mark, and we can if you want to, but okay. I just... I don't think that you can compare this Bill breakdown to the one that he has about Lenore and Pretty Pretty Dresses. No, because this is post-growth Bill. So, okay, we have, like, head injury Peggy. Yeah. Right? I am also charting Bill from getting it in Bill. Okay. Bill got laid by the Dixie Chicks in Beer and now it's Desire. Different. And now he's different. He's different now. He doesn't care about his ex-wife, but now he is lamenting the loss of a family he never got to have. Yeah. It's just different. It's it, it, He's different now. I don't like to compare these two because I don't think they're comparable because at the end of this one, yeah, Bill gets some confidence back and he gets to shave Wally's head. Yeah. Like he gets his life back or whatever. And he kind of almost learned a lesson. It's a standard ending. I lied. I'm sorry to cut you off. I lied. My favorite moment is Bill giving Bobby the business when he's shaving Wally's head. Yeah. And he's like, you keep this up. You're going to be here, mister. Yeah. Like I really like Where He gets to have his own like little dad moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the good dad moment. It's yep. the disciplining dad moment. Like it's the I'm your father and I love you, so I'm gonna shave your goddamn head and but make you're you terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you all, but you're all terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that a lot out of Bill. It's cool that we got to see that Bill moment. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So the, I mean, but this is a very standard ending. It, by contrast, like uh, this is why you can't compare it to Pretty Pretty Dresses. Bill has that cathartic holy shit moment at the end of that. That is so powerful. The, I hit rock bottom, didn't I? Yeah, and really hard. Okay. That's why I just can't, I can't compare the two. Because they're, you don't hit that level. You don't even come close to that level in this. Okay. As far as like pant load bill. No, that's very fair. I didn't really consider that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, honestly, like, you have to take them all at, at their own you have to take them all as they come, I guess. I don't know if we're ever going to get a quite as impactful moment of Bill ever again from that. That's why it is, like, one of my all-time favorites. I'm pretty sure I blue-flamed it. You did, yeah. And, yeah, it's 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 beautiful to me, but... Man, I even think I charcoaled that one. I think you did, too. But I have it pegged as a rewatch episode, so... Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, like, anyway, it's, I, in in rating this, I gave it a Buking. It's it's it is a good episode. It's not a great episode. Okay. It's not the best Christmas episode. Shit. Have we had a good Christmas episode? Well, no, in unbearable blindness of laying. That's a great Christmas that's episode. That's the best Christmas episode. It's definitely not Hellenium. That's a Y2, that's a New Year's episode. Shut up, Johnny. But there's also Christmas in that. They they Bobby gets fucking toilet paper. That's a wipey wipey. <laughs> Mark, what do you rate it? Megalo, fuck this episode. I hate it. I hate <laughs> Wally. I can't stand Pantload Bill. I'm sick of seeing Pantload Bill. I'm sick of seeing very special episodes. When this comes up in my queue, I will skip this shit. However, to your point, there are some good little moments, and that is why it is not HR King. And so I guess that's all there is to it, huh? Yeah. You want to get out of here, buddy? Uh, I say we do, but we got a couple things we got to square off first, buddy. Let's do her. Uh, so, Mark, do you still love King of the Hill? Love is a strong word. About like, you still like King of the Hill? Love is a strong word, but I still really enjoy King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Hey, I still love King of the Hill. Okay. I don't see that changing anytime soon. You uh, you want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy? Uh, absolutely. Um, you can find us on Dangle Podcast at Dangle Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at KrautBallStream. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and river. Wow. And stream as in Wally Spencer's Lost Underground River, a carnivorous er. Wow. <laughs> you want to take a beat there, Hoss? 
a cavernous aquifer that is allegedly an underground river beneath Nevada. It's going to be a topic for three or for two wizards, guys. Listeners, Don't join us in uh, October when Josh and I discuss hidden underwater passages of water. Well, there's one in uh, Mount Shasta too. See, there and you there's go. There's that like death hole in uh, Death Valley. It's like a super deep. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Had sex. Speaking of two wizards, you can find me at my sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast where me and my good buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird topics. Because of our recording schedule, I have no idea what we covered this week, but I can guarantee you it was a pretty... I'd say it was at least a butane of an episode out of us. All right. And, and, if you've not got enough of me pissing and moaning about this, or you have something to say to me, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and I don't have an Instagram anymore. I shut that shit down, because I'm finding out it's just Facebook ads. Fair enough. But we love the engagement. We love talking to you. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, everybody, have a great evening. Get out of here. Take us away, Chuck. <laughs>